1: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Robert Graham filling in for Seth Leapson today. Hopefully you are hanging in there and don't have the political COVID blues. I mean, I tell you, more and more people that I speak with are feeling the blues and just feel totally crazy stressed out because of all the noise that's happening and everything that's happening around us at this particular juncture. I mean, is it mask on, mask off? Is it... uh, are we able to make our own choices as as, as people? Are these elections being rigged? Uh, I saw a video today. It was frightening today. And uh, I'll share a little bit of that information with you and um, had to do with somebody's mailbox and their voter information. How about that? Video, sound, everything that was sent to me privately. So it has a little bit more merit when I look at it and I think about it in that sense. But here you are. We're leading into an election cycle. All of us hope for, and I, and I really believe this, there there are most Americans, regardless of party affiliation, want a truthful and fair election outcome. There are people... So when you start talking about polarization of power, there are people that are okay with uh, the, the means to justify the end, right? They say, hey, we can... We're gonna get this done, we're gonna make it happen, we're gonna do whatever it takes to get there, and then when we get to be government government and we get to govern, we're gonna be good. And so if you have to cheat steal, lie to get there, it's pretty pathetic to watch what's going on. So I'm gonna share with you a lot of the moving parts that are happening within our country. But think about this with only about six days left, really, we have reports that Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills is shutting down, they're shuttering up their businesses, they're ready for something terrible to happen. And so all these business owners are shutting down and heading for the hills because they expect violence and they're Anticipating violence, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, right? you have the d a and we 'll touch on this today. you have the d a there threatening the president who 's trying to get people in there to monitor the polling okay now remember there 's registered polling monitors, and there are people but the, but candidates and people should have a right. This is the way it works okay in our country that transparency around elections is appropriate, and this guy goes as far as talking about goons and i 'm going to share this Krasner in his comments. And it's just kind of shocking to think about this. this. This person's job is to enforce the law, right? And to make sure that things are protected and things are going well. But he throws out this threat and it's just totally disrespectful in the way he does it. We'll go through that and chat about that. Walmart, of all places... Okay, we've seen them reform the way that they sell guns or don't sell guns. They have rifles, they have ammo and stuff. They're pulling it all right now. Now, they're not doing it because they are going to refrain from selling it. They're doing it in anticipation of the violence and things to come in the next little bit, the next week or so. So just start thinking about what's happening. You, You think tensions are high now? Give it two more days. And start looking at the gaps closing and just see how people react emotionally. If you remember in 2016, the days after, the day of and the days after, how many news stories did you see where you had liberal supporters bawling their eyeballs out, you know, laying on the ground crying doing things, weeping at each other. Now, again, I would love to see that again. Don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody sad, but I, I want to win. I want to spike the ball and what have you. And I, I want to say, look, another four years, here we are. But the reality is if you think the tensions were high then, they're, they're, they're doubled, they're quadrupled, they're exponentially higher now. They don't want to lose. They don't want to have that emotional episode anymore. And that's why when you start looking at behavior and you start asking yourself, you know, you look at the polls. You're looking at what people are saying. The pundits are out there doing this. There's a whole bunch of concern. Voter turnout in a lot of places where we usually have high propensity Republican voters is down. Is that a matter of fraud? Is that a matter of people freaked out, not wanting to mail their ballots? And there's going to be a whole bunch of questions I'm going to ask you today, and I would love your feedback as we get into this, because really, this is about you, right? It's we the people. When we start thinking about the outcome here and we start seeing what's happening in the media and the way things are being colored in so many different directions that are away from the truth, it's pretty darn pathetic. Arizona has been one of these focus spots. We felt that we've seen it. We've seen rallies. Yesterday, you had two from the President of the United States and you had two with Kamala Harris. I don't know if any of you were turned it, tuned in. They were two very, very, very different experiences, the two Trump rallies versus the two Harris rallies. And I'll touch on that as well as we get into it. But again, you've got to ask yourself, why the information sharing, we know that the media is corrupt. I mean, it's it's beyond even discussing in so many different ways because we know it's there. This morning, I spoke with somebody that was hiking up a mountain in, in Idaho, and she was sharing some of the disturbing realities, even in Idaho. And you just go, my gosh, you know, you just can't get out from underneath this. So what it is, is, it's fight. It's leaning into it, doing everything we possibly can to help assure that we get another four years of Donald Trump. Is it too late? Did the momentum come too late? We saw this unification, we saw supporters going crazy. Now we start looking at the polls and we say, hey, are these polls junk or are they, are they real? You know, it, Again, I'm gonna throw these questions out to you and we'll get into this and we'll start talking about this. Look at the economy. There were some great reports that came out yesterday and today about the economy with jobless claims down over 750,000, down over 750,000. Put that in, into your brain here, that's amazing. And then GDP growth. Q3 of 33.1%. Now, if you listen to CNBC, if you click on it and you look at some of these newscasts that are not friendly to the president, you will be absolutely shocked. Or maybe not so shocked at the way they spin this information as you get there. So again, the idea is to give you as much information as I possibly can today. Keep it so that there's some semblance of reality here. But we're going to go from COVID, we're going to go to economy. We're going to go from economy back to COVID. We're going to talk about Iran. We're going to talk about all the different sanctions. We're going to look very deeply into the election. And for those that are tuning in that aren't familiar with my voice or my background, I served as the chairman of the Arizona Republican Party for four years. I had the great fortune about the last 16 weeks of the 2016 election to be a senior advisor to President Trump's campaign, then Donald J. Trump campaign for president. And afterward, I served in a capacity for about a year as a surrogate for the president with a tax reform and helped to... give information early on to, uh, for the modifications to NAFTA and the USMCA. And so I've been there. I've been appointed by the president with the John F. Kennedy Center of the Performing Arts. So when all that money got shifted over to them uh, for some of this stimulus and this relief, they asked me or pointed me into that position to help keep an eye on the money and just be that guy that always asked the questions, do we really need that? So I've been very intimately involved in this cycle. I've been intimately involved with writing speech points on energy and on different environmental dynamics and ways that we've got remarkable innovation and the low regulation and things like that. So I've been able to kind of get in the middle of this and listen and travel from Pennsylvania, Michigan, Indiana or excuse me, uh, Idaho and, um, and around in Utah and stuff. I mean, it's just been everywhere. And so in Florida and putting it all together and trying to put it, you know, into some reality. Now I'm going to touch a little bit about the polling to start with at this particular point. So the polling is one of the things that everybody... Like I spoke today, and everybody's disregarding the polling. Now, for many of you, you may have been polled or surveyed on the phone, and you didn't answer, okay? I think more and more conservatives or Trump supporters are doing that because they're afraid. There's some people that just never answer, okay? And then that's that's normal, and there's a certain number that we find. But there's a whole bunch of people that aren't answering because they're afraid. They don't know who it is on the other end of that phone, and they don't know if, if they do... Like to the the positive, they support President Trump. If their cars are going to get keyed, their cars are going to be egged, their properties are going to be damaged, if they're going to be damaged or whatever, the risk is real. So my children, just to give you an example, my children are very actively involved in politics. They've met the president multiple times. They have a personal opinion of him because they've met him, not just witnessed him as a president and doing what he said he was going to do, but actually spending time with him and talking to him, him getting to know them and vice versa my son Jackson 14-year-old son he is a he is not shy and and none of them are really shy about their political positions but he is very very visible with social media and what have you he started being assaulted on social media or people making fake accounts and bullying him online and stuff about 6 months ago or so as they went through this process and they did this it got pretty bad i mean where they were not just again the left can't argue any points. They have to call names. So they call him a racist. They say that he hates gays. They say that this, you know, that he's you know, that um, he's a white supremacist. They call him all sorts of names, start picking on his mom, start picking on our religion. I mean, it is crazy what you see. And these are kids, right? So a few weeks ago, he's at Desert Ridge Mall just doing his thing, hanging out with friends. And he's, he ends up encountering these young men that have been doing this. Long story short, the ringleaders start to fight, and while the friends are videotaping it as my son comes up, so what do you think's going to happen? But long story short, he ends up with three guys pounding on him and calling him a racist and doing things. Now, get it. There's three white kids that are beating on one white kid, calling him a racist, and our family is interracial family, so it's kind of interesting to hear this coming from these people when they're calling him a racist, but the reality is there's no boundaries. My son's fine, by the way, and he did a good job defending himself and 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 he's in a good spot. But the reality is, where have the boundaries gone to humanity? I mean, look, I like to express opinions. Here I am today and you're going to hear a lot of my opinions. You may not agree with me, but I don't think you're going to drive down here and try to pound my face in or figure out which car it is or stalk me or do whatever. The reality is, is it, it's dangerous. It's a dangerous time right now. And we have to be careful because we're starting to lose our liberty, our ability to have our constitutional rights. So again, this is Robert Graham filling it with Seth Lieb, for Seth Liebson. And we'll be right back after the break. And we're going to touch it all the threats, the violence, the destruction, the victory and the successes. We'll be right back after the break. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham, and you're listening to 960 The Patriot. And again, it is a agenda that can have layers and layers and layers and layers of information with everything that's going on in the country right now. And it's our job to try to filter and bring as much of the real information to you as we possibly can. And so we get into this situation, and I put a lot on the table before we went into the break about the economy and about COVID and such and such and such. And I want to start just talking about polling a little bit and ask questions to you. Many of you call in six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero, and you can call in, you can weigh in on this. But this is about polling, right? And you start getting into polling situations, and it is really, really tough to kind of go through it. So, I'll give you a little backdrop. So, during the two thousand sixteen election and in the two thousand fourteen election, we had very aggressive call centers set up. I mean, we had one hundred and eighty people here working. We were making as many as 167,000 to 200,000 live calls a day. And we were asking people and pulling information. Who are you going to vote for? Which candidate do you like? What have you? And these are live calls. So it wasn't just hit a button. It was, we had our people that were taking these. And so we were getting pretty remarkable information. We were getting huge response from areas like, they talked about suburban women not liking Trump. We'd call the suburban women my gosh, we had huge results, anywhere from 60% to 87% of people saying they supported President Trump. They said, okay, single suburban women. So we did that. We went there. Single supported women with college educations. We did that. And then we started looking at minority communities, what have you. So we we're doing these hundreds of thousands of calls and having a special intimacy with these people. So along those lines, I'm seeing all these polls come out that are not consistent with the surveys we're doing. Now, we weren't sampling 500 people. We were talking to hundreds of thousands of people a day. So who do you think's information is more accurate as we get there? So I got invited to be on CNN, and I I had a meeting with Wolf Blitzer on his show. And it was when they were talking about kind of where we are right now. That Hillary Clinton was ahead in the polls and he was saying, oh, Arizona could be a toss-up state and doing this back and forth. And he asked me, and he said, what do you think? And I said, the polls are wrong. He goes, you're saying the polls are wrong. I said, they are wrong. And I gave him the reasons why. Look, we had a mobilized ground force. We had all these calls happening. We had these surveys. where We had intimacy, live calls, real reporting on the day, and it was working. The other thing I said to him is about the energy that was going on. There's just a remarkable energy that was going on during the campaign at that time. Now, look right now, just comparison yesterday, before we start talking about the polls, you start getting into it. You look at what happened with uh, Donald Trump's rallies yesterday, too, were just maxed out, right? People, they were set up beautifully. He was there. he, He gave a speech, a presentation. You heard the crowd going wild, what have you. And then you pan over and you see Harris, right? She's standing on a deck down in Tucson, like a little makeshift stage. There's nothing in the background except for a couple of Secret Service people, and there's no one to be seen in, in the frame. And she's having this speech. And then I find out this is a drive by rally. So who's she talking to? These sides of these cars that these people are kind of ushering through. And then it looks so bad that toward about the middle third, or I'd say second, third, uh, of of the getting closer to the end they about six or seven staff people get into the view of the film and start holding up signs and stuff and they may not have been staff they may have been supporters but it was like six or seven people okay so when you think about this oh my gosh flat energy i don't even know how she did that and was able to maintain the energy because it's so brutal the next event she did in tucson was the same thing it was just pathetic there's no energy anywhere in this country and they say this is by design that's a great excuse for people not showing up. Hey, well, you, well, we didn't advertise. We tell people to stay home because we're afraid of COVID and stuff. Well, then why even go out? Just stay home, do Zoom calls and do videos and stuff. Let people tune in at home. You're probably going to get more exposure that way. What they're hoping now, when they have share and rappers and this person and that person come out to these different events, that is usually happens for a draw of people and no one is showing up. So you start seeing polls, and then you start thinking, my gosh, reality, are people taking the polls? Are they doing this? Are we, are we in this next, this next phase of just at this particular point, if polling is bad, like Frank Luntz said the other day, it, that industry has gone. I mean, if, if they really missed the mark that far. So here we've got Roger holding from Phoenix. Roger, thanks for joining us. This is Robert Graham, and welcome to 960. And I'm sure you have something to say about polls.
0: Yes, Mr. Graham. How are you doing today? I'm going to start off with a with a quote by Winston Churchill. A fanatic is one who can't change his mind and won't change the subject. Hmm. Or, politics is more dangerous than war. For in war, you are, you are only killed once. Yeah. Oh man. I figured you'd like that. Yeah, I love it.
1: So, uh, you know, with politics, I've been killed multiple times and I still think I have a few daggers sticking out of my back, but it's, um, but that's what happens. It's the nature of the beast. But when you see all this stuff that's going on, the polling and you see the numbers between real clear politics and they have a blend of a bazillion polls, then you have groups like five thirty eight and Rasmussen, all these different groups that are reporting numbers. What is your gut with the people that you're interacting with, whether they're left or right, you know, what are you hearing out there?
0: Well, the pollsters have to keep their job pure and simple, so they can't get it wrong twice. So what's going to happen is they're going to start being a little bit more honest. Some states will flip, some markets will flip, uh, or the worst case will be they'll even it out and they'll call it a toss-up going into Election Day. Mm-hmm. Now, talking to folks that I know, it it's a it's a toss-up, but the energy, I mean, yeah, I may know – family and friends and i could do a tally and you know it'd be 50 50 but when you're driving around town and you see these spontaneous rallies or uh convoys or Mm -hmm. uh all the people driving with trump signs and it's crazy you don't you don't see that energy for biden
1: yeah and they're they're not just driving around they're shutting down freeways i mean the con- This convoy that you're talking about, a couple of them I've seen, literally wrapped around our whole, like, the Phoenix metropolitan area. I mean, it is um, – it's exceptional. And then these sign-waving events are not just happening here in Arizona, but they're happening everywhere in the country where people California. are California. California, Florida. I mean, everywhere. They're everywhere. And it's and, – and that's energy that is completely absent. Uh, I was in – New Hampshire during the last cycle when Hillary Clinton was running and they were showing, you know, you, I was able to go and kind of track because New Hampshire's so small you can get to different rallies and stuff pretty quickly. I would go to Bernie Sanders rally and man, it was like 20,000 people there, you know, half of them smelled like pot. It was like, it was crazy, but it was like energy and they were young and they were like, oh, you know, and then you'd go to Hillary and you, you felt like you had to bring a ventilator into the room and Maybe some paddles to try to, you know, shock people back into life because there was nothing there. They did have two hundred people, maybe, and they were sitting down and and just kind of doing their things in their eighteen, you know, uh, their little old grandma's sweaters. And I'm not I'm not making this up. Like I can picture this event that I was I was at, and it was right. it was crazy. And then you go to a Donald Trump event, and again, it's back to the rock star, you know energy people and it was a mixture you know when people say oh it's not the educated," it's a mixture of people that support donald trump which is kind of the nice texture of the united states so it, it's weird And then now with biden and harris i'm like come on where is the pulse and then when i see a poll i'm going what how is this possible in a state like arizona but it, it comes out to turning out the vote so hey roger i appreciate you giving me a call we're about to head into a break here But uh, think about this, everybody. When you get into the polling, reality becomes reality when you vote or you don't vote. Uh, I had a friend the other day tell me that uh, he almost didn't vote because he believes that it's going to be a landslide for Trump. Well, if you don't vote and uh, guess what? People have lost by one vote. And so you need to get out there and make it happen. Shake it up. Tell everybody, this is time. We got to go vote. And don't be don't be crazy. Don't fall into some stereotypical thing that the left's trying to paint us as. Make it happen. Be happy. And let's win. So we'll get back after the break. I'm going to share some of the details around these polls. And you be the judge. Are they real or are they fake? Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham filling in for Seth Liebson on 960 The Patriot. We go. We were going into the break, and we were talking about polling and whether we think it's real or what do we think it's fake. Are they spinning it like they are so good at doing this time? Look, I we have never seen a concerted effort like this before from the media to really just go for it. Right? They they have indoctrinated people and um, have brought people along with propaganda that I just can't believe reasonable people are saying what they're saying. I have friends of ours that are friends from church and others that are putting out information that I just can't even believe it. I just I think they're reasonable people, and I know if I say anything to them, they're going to have a meltdown. They're going to go completely psycho, probably scratch my car, maybe throw an egg at my house. Who knows what they're going to do, but violence seems to be part of the equation or ending friendships. And so, you know, so much for an honest debate or discussion. I have some great friends. I have mentioned this before. I do jujitsu. So it's a martial art. And I have some people that I end up competing with or training with that are from all walks of life. Right. So left of center, right of center, in the center and just your fringy or whatever. We get in all sorts of discussions and we're done. And one of my friends is a liberal Democrat. But liberal Democrat is not the same as a progressive Democrat liberals tend to be a little bit more philosophical, like they'll talk to you and kind of work through it. And, and they're more of their blue dog kind of Democrats. And we have these discussions and they're pretty meaningful. We, we never quite end up exactly at the same place, but we, we we've earned a different type of respect for people. The other side of things now, it's like, look, if you say something that's not aligned, you know, we talk about this tolerance and coexist bumper stickers that are out there. My gosh, they only they should have a little tiny disclaimer at the bottom that says only if you agree with us. Because if you don't, we're going to torch you. We're going to beat you up. We're going to smash you. We're going to do everything we can to try to destroy your reputation, truth or not truthful, and and then continue through that. So when you get into the polling, it is not a surprise for me to hear my friends who are very politically active tell me that they will not answer a poll anymore at all. Okay. I had somebody today tell me that they literally answer the polls falsely. They say they're going to support Biden. Because they're just done. They feel like it's just garbage anyway, so might not throw some garbage in it? And so it's crazy. I don't think I would do that. I wouldn't recommend doing that. If you don't want to answer it, don't answer it. But right now, you can determine your environment and tell you whether you're at risk or not. Okay? It's just one of those things. The other thing about the polling is this is the, if you start to listen to the people around you, you will tend to get a feel whether it's real or not. Most of us will hang with our conservative friends and um, and then we have others, right? Whether it's sporting events, kids programs, what have you, and you start listening to other people. And so on occasion, I go get a massage and I have a, a lady that is a therapeutic massage therapists, but a lot of the therapists that I've met are kind of cosmic, a little bit more hippie-ish, you know, as they do it, and holistic in what they do. And their clientele can be the same, right? Well, when I was talking the other day, she goes, well, what do you think about the election? Knowing that I've had some history with uh, President Trump, I said, oh, I'm just kind of concerned. She goes, I don't know why you're concerned. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, my clients, many of them are Democrats. They've all said they're voting for Trump. Wait a minute. I mean, I almost fell off the table. (laughs) What did you just say? And she said, well, what's happening is that people are just disgusted with who Joe Biden is. And when they start seeing these videos of him sniffing people's hair and doing this is before, way before this latest crime ring kind of comes out with him on the take as vice president. And so you look at this and you go, hmm. So you get there and you start to wonder really, 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 who's answering the polls? Are they clean samples or not? So one of the things I want to point out to you, any general election polls that you see, just take it and throw it out the window. Because this isn't a popular vote, okay, so when they say three out of four people say, well, who cares because it's it's a pop it's not a popular vote. it is if they look at each individual state, but when they look at the nation at large, it's not a popular vote, so these numbers are crazy, but when you start seeing numbers where you have somebody like uh Rasmussen does a poll and they show biden forty eight and trump at forty seven I'm thinking okay maybe Rasmussen's been around for a while they've done it, but then when you see uh this other group, IBD, TIPP, they've been around for a while. They tend to lean a little bit left. They show Biden up five. Then you see another one where USA Today, Biden up eight. Okay, big surprise, right? That USA Today. So now when you start to fall outside the, the margin of error, then you start to question the integrity of any of the polls because you just don't know which ones are bull, bull or baloney, right? So you try to find your way to the particular outcome. So going through these polls, the trend that nobody can ignore is that Donald Trump has tightened the margins and is moving in the right direction. I will tell you that the numbers today are better than they were today with Hillary Clinton. Again, if their polls are correct today, that's not a great feeling. But if they're much like they were in 16 or even worse, and we know that the media is way more aggressive this time than they were last time then we're looking pretty good. I'm going to share some more like forecasting and give you some predictions when we come back from the break. So you can't miss this because there's groups out there doing it, but you got to think about the source before you weigh in on whether you believe it or not. Be right back after the break. Hey, welcome back everybody. You can feel a little different energy in that music coming in. Thank you, Bill. That was awesome. So I just had a little request and just wanted a little bit more of that feistiness. As we get into this, this is what it's all about. Look, we're we're in a situation right now where it's not just socialism versus the capitalistic environment here. It is social it is social engineering to its nth degree. We're at a point right now where you start looking at guys like Joe Biden, and you you know it's Puppet Man, right? When President Obama was in office, and I would be interviewed by the media, I would say President Obama is more interested in carrying the title of president than he is leading the nation. He was also a puppet, but he was more visible, and he could at least string together a few sentences and remember what state he was in or what office he was running for or what candidate he was working against. So you get into a situation where you got to look at this. And that's why motivation and not being afraid to talk to people. Look, if you're a jerk and you're up in people's face about who you're voting for, that's not helping anybody. Okay. You've got to actually be able to articulate why you feel the way you do. We start talking about this polling information and it's a lot of numbers bouncing around and people's heads are exploding and they're trying to figure out and they just say it's no good. Okay. Well, that may be correct. But you might have somebody say to you, why do you feel that way? Well, what are you going to answer them? Well, it's just because. The media spins everything, just because. Well, I can tell you right now, if you look at the polls, and I will tell you your leftist pollsters, like the New York Times, USA Today, CBS, and so on, you'll see the skew in their numbers. They are way outside the margin of error for any any like legitimate pollster that's been around for a while. And that's easy to say that, right? Just say, look, all the lefties are just way off. They put way ahead of Biden and it all comes down to sampling, right? Who do you pick? Arizona looks like this. Bam, bam, bam. You know, Republican majority has a high propensity turnout. Democrats are not the second. It's the independents and then Democrats. And then you start to swing it all together, roll together. Think about propensity voters. And that's how you do your surveys. They don't take the time to do that. Or what they do is they use the polls, that try to disenfranchise or dishearten people like us that want to win, but we think it's just not going to happen because the polls show us that it's just so terrible. So many of you that didn't answer the polls, that's fine, okay? And you plan on voting, and you know who you're voting for. Those of you that are, answered the polls, you might feel like you're ganged up on a bit, and you should because they're, they're tweaking the polls. But let me tell you something. When you get into the numbers and you start thinking about real election results and what you're trying to do. There's really no great source outside of personal experience. So if you're volunteering for a campaign, if it was McSally's campaign, the president's campaign, other people's campaign, you start to get some intimacy that's different, okay? Because you get hands on. Like in Arizona, we had over 12,000 volunteers. We had 22 victory offices. We had 200,000 calls going out a day. We knew. Right? We had our fingers laying across the pulse of the United States or of Arizona at that time. And then when you had other states doing the same thing, you had it. Okay. You could feel it. Even though I'm close to the campaign and such, I don't have my finger across any particular state's pulse because I've been everywhere. Right. And so I just don't have the intimacy. So you start to rely on some of this information that's out there. Most of you aren't in politics. So what do you believe? Right. So your motivation and your intensity all needs to be around your voting, getting your neighbors to vote, your family to vote, everybody to vote, okay? Because that is the mission, votes win, elections, period, okay? But you get there. Now there's a website, 538, if you spell it out, 538, it's a predictive website. They do sports, they do everything, and they do elections. And up until the Romney-Obama election, they were past that. So they predicted the outcome for that. They were doing pretty well and then it's just started to fizzle. Now, when they one of the reasons why they fizzle is because it's garbage in, garbage out kind of thing. If they have bad polls, if they have this assumption that all these pollsters are gonna toe the line, do the best they can, give a fair and and uh, equitable representation to a particular state or a voting block, then when they pull that information and they can use all their predictive models and get really close to the numbers. Okay. And if they don't do that, if all these pollsters are running garbage or most of them, then when people start to write models to predict the outcome, guess what? It's not going to be very accurate. Okay, so 538 predicted in the 2016 election, they ran 40,000 scenarios. Okay, you know, they go through and they they change it every single day based upon the voting information and stuff that's coming in. Hillary Clinton was slated to win 86 out of 100 times. Okay. So it looked pretty darn bad for Donald Trump and then he won. Okay. So we see the outcome and what have you right now. It's 89 times for Biden and 11 times for Trump. So when they run these 40,000 scenarios, 89% of them are in favor of Biden. 11% are in favor of Trump. So that doesn't feel really good for me, the conservative guy hoping that my guy is going to win or you, but then you start to look at these different simulations and stuff. And you got to remember, if these polls are bonk, which they likely, a lot of them are really bad, then this information's bad. But what I did is I went into, they have something called the winding path to victory on their site, which I actually like better than any other part of their website. And it shows all these different states that, that we need to win. So let me just tell you, so t- for Trump to be the victor, Ohio, Georgia. Maine, two, which we had already head up, way ahead in the polls there. North Carolina, which I think is pretty much a done deal. Florida, which I think is a done deal. As much as they spin Florida, but Florida has been one of the biggest corrupt states as far as you may remember Gore and Bush election. And then when Romney was there, there were counties in Florida that actually had over 100% return in their votes. How do you have? Well, if you have 100% registered voters, OK, but if you have more than 100%, that means it's absolute fraud. And Romney did not fight them. Multiple counties reported, multiple poll, certified poll watchers reported that these numbers were off and he did nothing to fight back against Obama's election. And then you start looking at it here. So then we have Arizona and we have, um, and then Pennsylvania. So if you ask me, Pennsylvania is the core, right? And that whole Southwest corridor where I've spent quite a bit of time in cold country is really it. Philadelphia will go to Biden. Pittsburgh is going to go to Biden. But when you start to move out into the counties and those that the fracking and the coal country, which there's some really cool technology that's going to clean up the environment and it's going to put people back to work. Then and it's all been vetted by this administration and kind of pushed out. If people remember those messages, then what's going to happen is then we'll take it. So Pennsylvania, making the big deal, Pennsylvania is huge. So when you start getting these predictive models, just realize you got to get out the vote. I mean that—that's where it comes, and and you can legitimize a poll or not. I mean, if it doesn't hurt you, you can say it. If somebody damages your property and something like that, hopefully you've got insurance to to get there. If they try to damage you, you know, then um, I'm sorry that our, our American people have gotten to this place where they start hurting people for their political views and perspectives. And if you're doing it, then you sh- you need to back off and just. Just work hard to bring people to the message. That's how you're going to change the world is by bringing people into the message and cultivating that relationship into it. So, again, looking at the polling, I don't think I solved any big question for you outside of this. You've got to think about the mission. The mission is turning out votes. And when we come back from this, I'm going to share some numbers with Arizona and how we're closing the numbers here in Arizona which is good, good news for you, and it's really good news for Senator Martha McSally and her re-election bid. So do you think she's going to win, or do you not think she's going to win? What's going to happen we come back? So again, the returns, these returned early ballots are really critical to watch at this particular point. And how are Republicans faring? Last week, I was chewing my fingernails off. Right now, wait and come back after the break, and I'll tell you what I'm doing now. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham. Hopefully you are doing fantastic. Things are happening and votes are happening all across this great country and here in Arizona. And the question is, leading into the break, how are we doing? I mean, literally, how are we doing? Are we winning elections or are we losing elections? And what is happening as it relates to our state and the outcome as it relates to the elections? And so when you get into this, the question is really comes down to returns and there's a bunch of sources now that are coming out and they're starting to report what the early returns look like as it relates to the state of Arizona. Now, one thing to keep in mind if you're a statewide candidate. So that constitutes the president, the senator and governors, you know, attorney generals, you know, uh, treasurer, superintendent of public instructions and so on. And you start to roll that down, you have to win Maricopa County if you're going to win any election in this state. Okay. Period. It's the density of population. It is what it is. So, as of last week, Thursday, Friday, when I was looking at the numbers, Republicans and early ballot mail-in returns and early voting were behind over a hundred thousand votes. Like, I'll tell you, if that was me, you would have had to resuscitate me if I was chairman of the Republican Party, and that was happening right now. I would have died. I mean, it would have been unbelievable because beforehand, you would always have a little spike in Democrats at the beginning of the election. They get out there, very enthusiastic people, and then it drops down maybe 5,000, 6,000, 10,000 if they're lucky. A hundred and, you know, statewide, it was over 135,000 people. I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, this is terrible. So just over the weekend, now remember, all the major counties are going to give their information on a daily basis, all the returns, okay? And then what we do, when we get these returns, you purge them off the list, then the candidates go chase the people that haven't turned their ballots in, and then you have this list. So it's getting worked constantly. The the smaller counties will report every couple of days, maybe every couple week or every week, depending on the sophistication of their system and how their manpower that they have in there to turn to return the returns, okay? So coming to two days ago, the Republicans in Maricopa County closed the gap to 6,000 votes, all right? So I haven't seen Maricopa County specific today yet, okay? But statewide, we went through from about 135,000 people down to about 60,000. So the Democrats still have a voter advantage as it relates to the early returns. But when I called the campaign and I said, what's going on? They said, our four, four, high propensity voters are not voting right now. And so that is great news to me because we know they're going to vote. But those are probably you and others that don't feel good about mailing it in. You're going to walk the ballot in. OK, so what does that mean for Martha McSally? Well, that's good news, OK, because the Democrat returns are flatline. They're getting soft now, OK, which they're kind of rounding out. And the Republicans are continuing to accelerate. So that being said, as long as our Republicans didn't jump the line then we're in looking really good in Arizona and pray that we'll be able to maintain our Senate seat as well as carry 11 electoral votes to the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, for his reelection. election We'll be back after this break. Again, this is Robert Graham filling in for Seth Liebson. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back next hour.